0: My stomach, there's a pain. See you walk in my direction.
1: Good evening, good evening, good evening, and happy new year, KBLA family. Y'all, we made it. We are still among the land of the living. As my grandmother would say, what a blessing it is to be alive and to be here with you for your drive home. Happy Tuesday, everybody. In case you think your ears are playing tricks on you, they are not. I am Mache Duffy, not Robin Ayers. (laughs) I host an amazing show called The Backstory with Mache Duffy every Saturday from 1 to 2, right here on KBLA Talk. However, for the next two weeks, in addition to hosting my show, I have the distinct honor of guest hosting for my colleague and my friend, Robin Ayers. Robin is out due to a medical procedure, but she definitely sends her love to Every single one of you, I had the opportunity to speak with Robin this morning and you should know that her joy is full. Her spirit is strong. She solicits your prayers as she undergoes her procedure and she looks forward to being here back with you on Monday January the 15th if her body says the same so that being the case again um, I'm Michelle Duffy and for Robin Ayers for the next couple of weeks doing the Rye report it's gonna sound a little different but we're still bringing the same energy the same vibration and still looking for you to engage with us on YouTube as we are live on YouTube hi everybody so good to see y'all Honored and grateful again to be here listen I don't know about you all but I don't necessarily set New Year's resolutions I just seek to be a better person every single day and I do some reflecting upon who I was last year and who I want to be this year and I try to do my best to make sure that there's some difference in how I showed up last year versus how I show up this year and I pray that you all are doing the same because guess what research shows us that most people who set New Year's resolutions Do not keep them. And by February, they're kind of a thing of the past. So if you commit to just being the best version of yourself every single day, I promise you by December the 31st, 2024, you will have become a better person. That said, here's what I want to do. I want to tell you all about our topics for tonight. Topics for tonight. Our main topic is the new color purple movie unless you've been living under a rock you know that this is a thing that oprah winfrey brought the color purple back this year for christmas under the topic of the color purple however i want to talk about does reimagining classics work i want to talk about the taraji oprah backlash I want to talk about other than the obvious, why aren't black women getting what they are due financially? And then I want to cap our conversation off with the power of joy. And you'll know what I mean as myself and the contributor unpacks this today. Uh, Before I bring in the contributor, though, I want to give a little bit of backstory to The Color Purple. Um, which actually came in as the second largest grossing Christmas Day movie at $18 million. Yes, it brought in $18 million, so we're very excited about that. Happy for cast and crew that they um, reached that milestone. Also want to say that in terms of The Color Purple, again, for those of you who don't know, Alice Walker uh, wrote The Color Purple in 1982. Steven Spielberg adapted it into a movie in 1985. 20 years later, in 2005, Oprah Winfrey brought The Color Purple to Broadway as a stage play. And then 18 years after that, on December the 25th of 2023, Oprah and director Blitz, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name, reimagined The Color Purple, which opened in the United States again um, in December. So that's where we're going. You all stay tuned, join in the conversation, share with us your thoughts. If you've seen the color purple, if you have not, well, try not to give too many spoiler alerts, but you'll, um, you'll get a better understanding of why it's a good idea for you to go and check it out. So joining me to unpack these topics is our guest contributor, Miss Whitley Yates. Whitley is well known by everybody who listens in regularly. Whitley, how are you my dear? You know, I'm blessed and highly favored in 2024. Amen. I hear that. I know. That's right. So, Whitley, how was your New
2: Year's, your Christmas, all of that good stuff? You know, the holidays were great. They were very relaxing. Uh, which is something that I always shoot for. And they were filled with family and friends and nothing but love and good vibes. So I couldn't have asked for a better holiday season.
1: Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. I love here. Now, I know I mentioned that I don't necessarily do New New Year's
2: resolutions, but do you? I don't necessarily do New Year's resolutions either, Mm -hmm. but there are some goals that I like to set for myself in the new year. Okay. I like So goals. I do have some goals. Mm-hmm. I got some I got some goals, you know, but deliverance is a process. One of them I wanna try to be on time. <laughs> a little bit I wanna be a little bit Better on time. You know, I'm fashionably late, but I don't want to be showing up an hour and a half late to play. Right, right, right. And I like, the, I like that. You know, uh huh, uh huh. So, Whitney, what? I don't what, want to, little, want to I, I don't get you off
1: topic, but can we talk a little bit about that? Because you know, we call it a late the CP time, CP time, CP, color people's yes. time. So, what? What usually is your thing? Like, did you inherit that? Are you just kind of slow and moving? What is your late thing about?
2: i feel like time is a constraint mm-hmm. like no I she like didn't she said time it, is a constraint whoever created it didn't like me. i just feel like i'm i'm such a creative free spirit
0: uh-huh.
2: that i just arrive whenever i'm supposed to be there okay that's how god works okay. i just arrive
0: when i'm Girl. supposed to
2: be there mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> i hear you i that's the first time but, i heard that one that is the first time i've heard i arrive when i'm supposed to be there okay you know, if okay. God
2: wanted me to be on time, I would have been there on the time. Uh, apparently, I wasn't supposed to. Be Whitley, there. you are not. You I'm are the not person putting a guard. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm the person that shows up late to the meeting with Starbucks. With the um, Starbucks. Yeah. And I'm is that person. supposed like, to forgive oh, the lateness, Whitley? Oh, no, I don't give it a for other people. It's for myself. <laughs> it's for me. I, I, yes. I I'm late you. and I took a detour stop for myself. Yeah, okay. absolutely okay all right well listen so you know i'm working on my timeliness okay in the new year and i'm working on saying no as a complete sentence mm-hmm. i just yeah.
1: talked about that with a group of my girlfriends new year's day i started off new year's in a conversation with about 11 of my girlfriends on a zoom and we had a wonderful time and that was one of the resounding themes in that conversation was no is a complete sentence and we don't have to give an explanation, nor do we have to feel guilty about our no. It's a way to save ourselves, protect our minds, protect our peace, all of that good stuff. So that is important and um it is certainly a thing listen y'all when we come forward whitley and i will unpack this conversation about the color purple i'm so excited about having it with you all this is kbla talk 1580 what's going on what's going on everybody it's your boy denzel whitaker and i'm on the rye report indeed you are inside the rye report however This is not Robin Ayers. This is Miss Duffy. Again, our friend Robin Ayers is away for the next two weeks. She sends her love. And um, I want y'all to hang in there with me for the next two weeks while we have a good time in Robin's stead. also want to welcome back in my contributor, Miss Whitley Yates. Thank you again for being here with me. So Whitley, we're going to... Whitley, have you seen The Color Purple? I have. Okay, I have okay, wonderful. Over the holiday. Oh, okay, I awesome. am prepared. Oh, sucky, sucky, now. I know that's right. So listen, I had the opportunity to see it three times. Um, and not necessarily because I was just like, I got to go back and go back. I went to, I was invited to a screening. Um, we went to the, Well, what's her name? Jennifer Hudson show. Some friends and I went to the Jennifer mm-hmm. Hudson show and she gifted every audience member a free screening to The Color Purple the night before the show, right? So we go see that. And then the next day we go to the show, right? We go to the show and Whitley, everything is purple, right? The carpet's purple, the flowers are purple, everything is purple. My girlfriend who was with me tapped me and said, what are the chances that the cast of The Color Purple is going to be here today? And I said, you're probably right. Girl, then they show this big old screen, Jennifer Hudson and the cast of the color purple. And out walks Oprah Winfrey to Raji. Oh. Uh, yes, to Fantasia, Danielle Brooks. It was amazing. It was one of the sweetest surprises of 2023 for me and my girlfriends. We just did not know. But it was so good. And then the second half of the show, the men of The Color Purple joined the conversation. So it was a beautiful, beautiful treat. Wonderful experience to behold. And that was the first time I saw it. And then I went with some friends. And then I bought five tickets and took some friends um to see it as well. So there is that. I want to get your thoughts
2: about your experience with The Color Purple. Well, it wasn't as lavish and luxurious as yours, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> go, on, girl. That's
2: the most LA thing. It's the most LA thing. Oh yeah, we, we went to the color purple. Guess who was there? The whole cast. I don't it. <laughs> oh my goodness. So LA. Um, no, it wasn't. Actually, our movie theater was rather empty. Ooh, it was only about. Six other people in the theater besides me and my beau so it was me and him and then about only six other people Mm -hmm. now i am in middle america so i'm in the midwest uh so i'm not i wasn't necessarily surprised but i was excited to see the movie because i was a big 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 fan of the original we don't call it the og OG color purple. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to see the rendition and the artistic expression in this one. So I did not watch any of the trailers. I did not consume any color purple content because it was all over social media and I was making sure I didn't want to see anything before I actually. I get that. Because sometimes our opinions can be shaped. By what we're consuming on social media. So sure. people loved it. We could think it was the greatest thing since like She's did. People were like, oh, it's not that good. I, I did not want to be tainted by the opinions of others. And I wanted to really give it a fair and unbiased shot. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Wonderful. And then Fatima in the chat says she went to see it earlier this evening and it was awesome. See, oh. Fatima, you didn't even know you were getting ready for the show ahead of time mm. um, for tonight. But I'm so glad that um, you had a good experience. But let me say this. So having seen the original, which. Whitley is calling the OG, right? From 1985. I also saw the Broadway O-G-C-P. play. <laughs> I also saw the 2005 Broadway play, right? And then mm-hmm. I saw this. So I had the, I've had the opportunity to really kind of look at all three iterations of it and see where it was and where it has arrived. And I felt like the director Blitz did an amazing job reimagining the color purple, and this is why. I felt that way, Brittany, because the first one was so difficult to watch. It was hard. The content was hard. The story was heavy, and it just made me sad consistently watching it, right? This one, I felt like he dispersed so much joy between the hard scenes, even the opening of it. Right, there's just so much joy to say. Okay, we might be getting ready to go down a dark road, but let me just give
2: you a little bit of something before you get there. Can you appreciate that? I can appreciate that. There was definitely a different tone mm-hmm. to the movie, mm-hmm. but I I also feel as though We have grown up and we're a little bit more self-aware and how we receive these characters and the complexity of who they are. Mm -hmm. I think is different now for me, I can say
0: Mm -hmm.
2: um, as a millennial, it's different for me now. Um, So give me an example. Give me
1: an example. Tell me, unpack what you're saying because I'm not I'm not following you. So tell me what you what, what you
2: mean. So when I watched before, I watched the story. Okay. When I watched this time, I was looking at the journey of each individual mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before when I watched and I we got to the end and she utilized her skills as a seamstress and she had a store and I was like, oh, that's nice. Like, that's nice. Right. That, it was, but now when I watched and I saw that, it was empowering. Yes. Before it was just a nice ending, mm-hmm. but no, it's empowering because of how she did it mm-hmm. and why she did it. And this talent that we actually see her utilize on every single person that she touches, which is something I didn't even notice in the first mm-hmm. one. Right? Mm hmm. She utilizes this skill and talent on the bad children that was running around, yep. on Mister, mm-hmm. on on oh, Sophia, Avery, on Sophia when mm-hmm. she when she got out and yep. she made her gave like, her that beautiful sweater. Come on, like, yes, yes. It's different now, yeah. Because I'm watching you utilize your gifts even in the dark places. Like, even when you don't feel your best, even when you don't have nothing left to give, even when you're down in the pits, and I'm still watching you use your gifts to bless people.
1: But you know what's so beautiful about what you just said? Um, Fantasia. And we're going to get ready to play a clip, but I just want to set and frame it. She talks about just what you're talking about that originally she said no. And she was not going to come back and do this because of how heavy Celie's role was. But because the new director Blitz reimagined Celie and made her more empowered, she felt like she could come back and do it. Andy, can we get that clip? Yep. So let's take a listen to this and
0: then uh, Whitley will unpack it on the other side so much because it doesn't quite look like an idol. Um, there's a camera in the back that has a red light on it. You should look at that camera so you can get more votes. I never did anything they told me I should do. Yeah. <laughs> because I knew if it was something that God had for me, then I wanted to walk through it authentically. Ooh! never allowed this industry to change me and there were times y'all I'm gonna keep it real with you that I didn't feel seen nor did I feel liked but my grandmother used to tell me that what is the profit of man to gain the whole world but lose his soul baby you better stay focused so I'm gonna be honest with you I did not want to do this again I'm gonna keep it real some of y'all might be like "Mm, she said that yeah I said that (laughs) I did not want to walk back in this When I played uh, Sealy on Broadway, that was heavy for me. I didn't have a team. Everybody that was around me was taking everything that I had. I would get home and couldn't even order a pizza. But I was never home. How is that I ain't got no money, but I'm always working. Everybody just saw the gift, but they saw opportunity to make money off the gift. So I felt like I was carrying my cross and Sealy's cross and that was heavy for me. So when Blitz called me, and thank God for Scott, Scott Sanders, you seen something in me that nobody's seen. I don't know why you called me, because I don't have training. I ain't go to school for acting. Broadway, I have never seen a show. I'm from High Point, North Carolina. So I was like, why are you calling me, Scott? I get it. I get why you called me. Because you saw something in me. And you saw everything that I was going through and you know I could relate to Sealy. Oh. When I left Broadway, y'all, I had a surgery. I had two tumors on my vocal cords. Oh. I remember leaving thinking, did they see everything I put So, no, I ain't going back. That's heavy for me. Celia gave, her uh, bitch gave the imagination. And I said, I'm in. I wanted to stand for every black girl, every woman. What'd you think of that, Whitley?
2: That was so powerful.
1: Wasn't that so powerful? Wasn't that like just so powerful? She said, I, I mean, want to stand for every." black girl and so like you right even though we're black women we walked away from watching it getting just what she wanted us to get right she wanted us Mm -hmm. to feel empowered she felt empowered and so I'm I'm grateful for that but you were gonna say go
2: ahead I think that when it comes to Celie's role and Fantasia's ability to connect with this character, it was a spiritual connection. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. I felt like they the things that Miss Seeley went through and the things that Fantasia has gone through in her life allowed her to relate to this character unlike anything that we even know. Yeah. Because we can only see it through the screen. Mm-hmm. And it was it was amazing to watch because everyone knows that St. is talented. That is no surprise. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that she can sing and everyone knows she got that, you know, she got that gospel in her. She mm-hmm. got that church in her. So all of those things were not what was surprising. It was the way in which the character resonated with her soul, the way in which she delivered those lines, the way in which she looked where I felt like, was. What's the story is, girl? Write a book. Bu- I need a book. Right. Because... On
1: that. Nope. On, nope. Whitley. No, on that, hold that right there. What's the story? Write a book about it. When we come forward, we're going to continue to unpack the color purple, unpack phas- Fantasia's depiction of Celie, and we're going to talk more about does reimagining classics work? Should we be doing it? Talk a little bit about Taraja and Oprah, Oprah and the backlash around the money. And we want to talk about, our black women getting their due? Like, for real, what's going on in Hollywood that black women are screaming that they're not getting what they are due? This is the Rye, Repo- Rye Report. I am Michelle Duffy on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, BB, and you're listening to me on the Rye Report on KBLA Talk 1580. Miss Sealy's pants. From the color purple, I loved this scene. It had so much joy. Oh, my God. And when she pulled those pants off, I was just too excited.
0: Oh, my God. I love that.
1: I love it. Thank you, Andy. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. And here's the thing, Whitley. That's the joy that I'm talking about, right? You know, in the chat here, uh, what's his name? LaValle says that most people couldn't understand that this newer version was from the Broadway stage play and comparisons to the original movie aren't fair. And LaValle, I totally agree with you. I keep telling people just because you saw the first one should not cause you to say you don't want to see this one. Because there is no comparison mm-hmm. from what Spielberg did in 85 to what Blitz does in
2: 2023. Would you agree? I would agree. And I think that what people, they have to remove the expectations because they're, they didn't create this. Right? This is the artistic expression of someone else's rendition. Someone and totally so, different. Come on, someone completely different, yeah. and so the framing's going to be different. Even the story I felt was different. Mm-hmm. Um, not too far off. I felt like in some areas they went a little bit deeper, and then mm-hmm. in other areas they just were like, "We know y'all seen the movie, y'all get it." You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. And so, and I and I absolutely loved that. And I didn't go in expecting to see the 1985 color purple, but just with today's um talent like that's not what I wanted I wanted to see their creative expression and rendition of what it means to them because we're looking through the lens in which they see storytelling and so I thought that it was a really great opportunity to see that I tell people, it's like and I really love the interpretation of art yeah for and sure.
1: Dance. Oh my God, and the creativity was amazing. The, yeah, and so was the I, dancing, right? Like the choreographer, I believe her name is Fatima. She did an incredible job with the the dancing, and that's why my question is: Does reimagining classics works? And my answer is yes, right? Because of just what you said, Whitley, we get an opportunity. To see a thing through someone else's lens. And as time moves on, so does perspective, so does art. And it progresses sometimes. And it's always a good thing, whether it's a book or a movie or a conversation. I mean, you think about the many ways that we talk about relationships. You think about the many ways that we talk about love, right? And how that is expressed Mm -hmm. through all of the podcasts and the talk shows that we have going on all around the world on any given day. Art is the same
3: way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And we also have to under we have to step outside of the pedestal in which we put movies on mm-hmm. or the pedestal in which we put people's stories on mm-hmm. and allow people to tell and reimagine stories that they want to tell through their own expression and experience. And I, and I like, think sometimes, go ahead, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I just think sometimes we get a little selfish Yeah, because we want to see X, Y, and Z because that's what's comfortable to us. Right. Um, And sometimes it's a little uncomfortable to watch a classic reimagined because you don't know what you're going to expect, and then you find yourself comparing them, which should never be done.
1: Exactly. And, you know, to your point, I know Oprah was saying that when she talked to Stilberg about the rights – you know, his question was, well, what are you all going to do? You know, how, how what else can you do? We did the movie. We did the play. What else can you do? And I also appreciate that this new director, Blitz, was not intimidated to come behind a Steven Spielberg and say, what can I do? I'm so grateful that his imagination got the best of him and he was willing to bet on himself and say I got something for you all that you all haven't seen, right? And it was, as Fantasia said in that clip we listened to, it was his imagination that, you know, drew her in and said, I want to be a part of this.
2: Absolutely. And I think we have to understand that in that reimagining classics, that the reimagined is not in competition with the original but in collaboration with the totality of the storytelling and the dimensions of stories within this genre. That's a wonderful,
1: wonderful point. I love that. Not in comparison with, but is, you know, and in alignment with the totality, I love that. Yes. That's a beautiful way to frame and to put that. That said, I do want to pivot and talk a little bit, Whitley, about the backlash that Oprah received as a result of Taraji Henson's comments. She has been, you know, it's been, it's gone viral. She made a, she was in a conversation about the the color purple and she talked about how she turned it down initially because the pay wasn't right right and obviously they went back and thought about it and came back to her with a better number but at the end of the day her concern is that she is so tired of being amazing and doing all of these incredible you know showing up in all of these incredible roles Only for the pay to say you you're still not good enough. Right. And so, Mm. again, there was some backlash. People have been coming for Oprah saying as a black woman, you should know better. You should want black women to be paid well. And because you're a billionaire, by the way, you should be able to pick up the slack that the studios won't pay. What are your thoughts about that?
2: Uh, (laughs) I know. Right. I have a lot of thoughts about it. I have a lot of thoughts about it. This is what I will say. First, I'd like to go ahead and give honor to the queen mother, Monique, who said the exact same thing, but she was lambasted for it. And then Taraji said it and was lauded for it. I think that there is a commonality here. Hmm. And that commonality, and this is so interesting because, this is with oprah so usually when we talk about supremacy and white supremacy and we talk about patriarchy we talk about all of these different isms and things through the lens of race but what happens when the person in the position of power looks like you Mm. and you're still and you still feel as though you're not being treated how you deserve to be treated and you're worth is still diminished when you know that that person has been in your place when you know that they sat in your shoes when they've experienced what you've experienced and had to fight and claw to get to where they are mm. i think it's even harder to accept when you're in that position um i think she taraji clarified that when she pushed back she received everything that she needed. That's right. So, so I think one, that's a lesson in advocating for yourself. People will only treat you how you allow them to. Therefore, and if Maya Angelou told us that would, a long time
1: ago, we teach on.
2: people how to treat us. To treat us. So if she was just upset in her dressing room and never took those care, that care concern about her coin to her big boss and said, listen, this, is, this isn't working out. Yeah. I'm going to need, I need more. I deserve more because look at these accolades and look what I bring and all of these things. Then she would have just been upset about it. And it would have been permeating as something that we've seen. I think her being able to advocate for herself in a moment like this, even up against someone who she feels should be an automatic ally and not have to be triggered or activated to be an ally. Mm -hmm. um, I think was also another moment because it's like, man, even when I'm not fighting them, I'm fighting us, right? And which, I think which, that which can which be makes daunting. It
1: even I was about to say, which makes it even more exhausting because, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? We're supposed to be on the same team. Why are we fighting against each other? So, uh, Whitley, let's get for Fah- for Fah- Fahima in. Fahima's on the line. Yes, ma'am.
3: Happy New Year. <laughs> Greetings, Michelle, and greetings to your contributor. I do listen to you from time to time on the weekend. I was going to type my response in the um, sure. in the chat, and, I, and I've been posting this on a lot of uh, these uh, uh, podcasts where people were spreading misinformation. And I'm not saying that you guys are doing this. Oprah Winfrey did not negotiate and contracts and signed checks. Warner Brothers negotiated contracts, and signed checks. Taraji P. Henson was speaking about the industry in general, just as other people have. Now, the issue with Monique is a completely different situation, which I'm not going to go into. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand that once the issue was brought to Oprah's attention, she advocated to make sure that the pay was correct. Mm -hmm. But Oprah was co-executive producer along with Quincy Jones. She did not negotiate contracts, and she was not signing checks. And Taraji was speaking about the industry in general. She said it's been going on since Proud Mary. And what's the other sister that did Woman King? She was an guy. Her name is Casey you Davis has been talking about mm-hmm. this and, you know, but, but I mean, people have been trashing and dragging Oprah about this issue. Her issue with Monique is a completely different situation, mm-hmm. but Oprah was not negotiating contracts and signing checks. And okay. Oprah gives, lastly, millions of dollars through the Angel Network. She has an endowed uh, scholarship at Morehouse College and at Howard University. She gives millions of dollars to the black community, thank, and anyway, I'm going to land there.
1: Thank you so much, Fahima. Thank you for for chiming in and, and adding that. I will also say, you know, to Fahima's point about you know whether or not Oprah should be dragged among you know in in the midst of this conversation. I was thinking about when I first heard this Whitley. I started thinking about Will Smith and King Richard, his King Richard movie with the Serena and uh, Venus sisters. They were not paying studios, they were not paying some of the actors what they should have been paid or what they wanted and Will Smith came out of his own pocket and made up the difference for the pay so that they could feel valued and appreciated. When we come forward, hold that thought, Whitley. When we come forward, we'll continue our conversation about the color purple, about the backlash that Oprah has received, right or wrong, to raji uh, in, in reference to Taraji's comments about not being paid what she deserves. This is the Rob Report. I am Michelle Duffy, guest hosting for uh, Robin Ayers, you are listening on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy Lil' Rim. Right now I'm hanging out with Robin
0: on The Raw Report. That's right.
1: <laughs> Indeed, you are welcome back. Let me say thank you to all of you who've been listening this hour. Let me also say thank you to those of you who are participating in the conversation via the live chat. It is a joy to be sitting in guest hosting for my sister Robin Ayers. Join the ride report tonight, again, Robin is out for a procedure. She'll be back on Monday the 15th for the next two weeks. I'll be here with you for her on your drive home, and I'm honored and grateful to do so. Uh, again, we're talking about uh, the color purple. We've been talking about the color purple this hour. We've talked about does reimagining classics work? We talked a little bit about Taraji and Oprah, and... um black women getting what they are due. what are your thoughts about that whitley other than the obvious right that they are black women do you have any thoughts about what it is why black women don't get what they deserve again viola davis as fatima spoke about and we all have heard viola davis has talked about this monique has talked about this taraji's talking about it what do you think is is going on here
2: I mean, I think we all know why um, this situation is pervasive. I think we know why Black women's worth is diminished, not only in the workplace, but in almost every single facet, both personally, politically, professionally, like the list goes on and on. Um, what I think is more important is to be a solutionist and solutionary and bringing it to the forefront and bringing attention to the issue to say, I've been in these hard situations and I've had to put my foot down. Um, And thinking about who's coming behind you, as Taraji has consistently talked about, what about if I don't demand more for myself, how will the sisters coming behind me be able to walk in this path and to blaze these other trails if I'm not doing the work? To advocate for me, I'm not going to be able to make it better for you. And so I think, as we have all probably, in some way, shape, or form, as Black people in America have experienced not being either taken seriously or people would like to pick your mind wealth and utilize your potential, your talents, your time, and your treasure without paying you mm. what you are worth, mm. it is incumbent upon us to stop To stop in that moment and not even to reflect on how it's impacting us, but how it will impact those that come after us, and why we must stand up and advocate for ourselves always and in always, so that those coming after us are able to walk an easier journey and
1: Can I just add to what you just beautifully said? I want to add this: I went to see origin. Ava DuVernay's new film that's coming out Um, later this month and went to a screening a couple months well a month ago and one of the things she said is this Whitley She knew that this film that she was embarking upon was not something that Hollywood was going to look favorably upon. So instead of her sitting herself in a room trying to convince people to bet on her, she bet on herself, went to the philanthropic world, to her friends there and some professional athletes, and she was able to raise the $38 million that she needed to make the film. And what she said to the filmmakers and the inspiring artists in the audience was, take your own chances with yourself if you have a vision a project something that you want to do don't wait for people go and do it for yourself don't wait for hollywood don't wait for anybody to bless you or anoint you you go and do what you have to do and in fact like that's how she started out she used her own money to do her own film and then she continued to make films. And of course, she was ultimately recognized and noticed. But I think one of the solutions, because I love being solutions oriented, like you mentioned, is that we really do have to take our own fate into our own hands and be the, um, the captain of our own destinies. And I think that we will do better. Right. We, we will do a better job of getting what we need and what we want, because we will be setting the stage. And attaching the price tag that we want to it. I can't leave this conversation. I only have three more minutes. I can't leave this conversation with this, without this. Willie, I wanted to end on this note, the power of joy. And as I said in the beginning, what made this movie different than the first movie and even the stage play for me is the joy that director Blitz infused into um, this iteration of the color purple. Talk to me about joy and why you believe joy can be a game changer, not just in this
2: movie, but just in life period. Oh, I love that I love that we're ending on a joyous note. Yeah, girl, 20- got to do 24. that. Got to do that. I think that through the artistic expression without giving any spoilers to yeah. those who have not yeah. seen it yet, mm-hmm. I think through the artistic expression of song and dance, the joy radiates off the screen in this movie. Amen. From whether or not it is a a daydream of joy or whether or not it is the joy of coming together with family and friends and sisters and even people you kind of side out and really don't like, but you, but you invite, but you're inviting them there. Um, There is a, uh, what is the word? There's an energy that is produced specifically in this film through the dancing, through the imagery right. of black people being happy. Okay. Joy celebrating, dancing and singing together.
1: Okay. Whitley,
2: I'm gonna have to leave it
1: right there. Thank you so much for being with me tonight. I appreciate you love and appreciate you. Thank you for the joy and the energy that you brought to this conversation. Well,
2: thank you so all much. Right. Mrs. Absolutely, Debbie, I'm gonna be seeing you. All
1: right now, all right. So listen, I just want to give two takeaways. One, comparisons. What do we take away from tonight's conversation? Comparisons always skew perception. Two, reimagining art gives the artist an opportunity to show the depth of their creativity and invites those taking in that art into a new experience. And joy and pain can exist in the same space but the joy can overpower the pain if we give room for it to do so those are my takeaways from tonight's conversation up next is the voice of reason with zoe williams so stay right there have a good night everybody